Listen in to find out how accounting in the cloud can give you greater financial visibility. I interview the founder and CEO of Sasu, Mark Lehman. Welcome to the Transformation Show, where successful pharmacy owners and technology partners help you to build a better 21st century pharmacy by embracing technology. Here is your host, Robert Starr. G'day everyone and welcome back to Transformation, the only dedicated podcast in the world where pharmacy and technology collide to bring you, the motivated pharmacy owner, all that you need to build a smarter, more successful 21st century business before it's too late. My name's Robert Starr, your host and guide on this fantastic journey of ours, and we're now into episode 35. Stay tuned, everyone. We've got a big episode happening today. We've got a special guest. We've got Mark Lehman, the founder and CEO of Sasu. And some of you may be asking, well, what is Sasu? Well, by the end of this episode, you'll know exactly who they are. But more importantly, how actually getting your accounting in the cloud makes it more visible. I know that's a little pun intended there, but certainly um, I suggest you get your paper and pen at the ready, or as I prefer, my Evernote note book and just capture the great framework that we uncover today. Just a quick reference as well, if you want to get notified of every new episode, if this is one of your first episodes as well, and you're just wondering how do you get updated, obviously the best place to start is through iTunes. You can just go to the podcast apps, click subscribe, and you'll get every single one of them. But if you'd love to get the show notes and also the accompanying links as well, then head across to robertstar.com, enter in your name and email address, and to kickstart your transformation journey, you can instantly download the first two chapters of transformation, which will come straight into your inbox. So I know you're going to love that. We'll start off today just with the Pharmacy Freedom Index again and just another great insight that I got from visiting pharmacies this week. But I also had a number of listeners email me this week as well who wanted to know a little bit more about it. Now, obviously to go to it and to start your journey of understanding your biggest opportunities in your pharmacy, you can just go across to pharmacyfreedomindex.com or if you prefer and you're going to robertstar.com, just click on the banner saying Pharmacy Freedom Index. But to actually understand what you're going to be involved in, because yes, you do need to put some time aside. It's not a lot of time. Uh, The average time that it's taken pharmacy owners to complete is between 7 and 15 minutes. So it's not a whole lot of time. But yes, you will need to be uninterrupted for that time. So what happens is that you'll just put in your email address and please make sure that that's the same one that uh, you've previously given to me as well, Uh, particularly if you've bought the transformation book and you've started your workbook. That way we can put the information together and make sure it's all in one nice, neat package and place for you to view and also for me to help you along the way as well. So basically, you'll go through 75 questions. Now, it does sound like a lot, but I'm actually not asking you to describe a whole lot of things. What it's intended to do is to really allow me and you to see where there's a red flag and when there's a green flag or a yellow flag. It's a very simple traffic light system that you'll see at the end of it. And it goes through 75 strategic questions that are designed around the three pillars of a successful 21st century business. And of course, that includes operational efficiency, which gets broken down into three categories of your money, your pharmacy, and your team. 
And then the second pillar of patient-centric business model gets broken down into your patients, your partners, and also your ability to innovate in your business as well. And the third one is smart use of technology. So it evaluates your IT systems, mobility, and automation as well. And so you'll get a rating in each of those nine critical areas in seven to 15 minutes, so not a whole lot of time. And what you'll be doing as you answer the questions is just indicating a simple yes, no, or don't know to each question. So it should take you a really simple amount of time as well. It's touch-based, so you can do it on a smartphone or a tablet. It's very easy just to tap on it very responsive. Just please make sure before, and I've had a couple of our um, pharmacy owners who have been through this just had a little complaint to it that they couldn't go back and change their answer. So one thing about the test is once you've locked in your answer, you're locked in and you've moved to the next question. You can't go back to the same question as well. But with three choices of yes, no, don't know, I would hope that you'd be able to make the right choice. So what happens at the end of it is you'll get your score wheel and if you look on the front page of pharmacyfreedomindex.com, you'll see an indicative score wheel as well of a sample pharmacy. And so you'll get that at the end and you can hover over each area and it'll give you some very little tips as to what you can do to improve that score rating. It's not going to be a whole lot of detail because it's obviously very not much you can fit into a little screen like that. But if you really want to uncover the strategy behind how you take something from a red light and put it into a green light, then the best way to do that, and I've now had over 50 pharmacies take advantage of that now, where you can book in for a consult and I'll come out and see you, or if you prefer at your convenience, we'll catch up on Skype. You'll get a recording of the session, so it doesn't matter if you if anything misses you during the session, you'll be able to listen back to that later on. But more importantly, we'll be able to map out your next 12 months of how you can actually implement those opportunities in the pharmacy. We talk so much about opportunity in a lot of forums in pharmacy, but we need to make it happen in our businesses because that is what's gonna enable us to be sustainable, but also to survive and thrive in the 21st century. So into this week's insights. So a lot of pharmacies have accounting systems that are on premises. So what that means is that you've bought the software originally and it sits on one of your back office computers. So you're then charged with the responsibility of maintaining that, upgrading it, making sure you have appropriate backups and uh, managing the information and also liaising directly with either your bookkeeper or accountant to actually get that information across to them. You won't be able to be working on the same file at the same time. So often it does lead to significant delays in financial visibility. And this episode is really about how you can actually implement a new change in that and how you can actually take advantage of what's called cloud-based accounting platforms. And you'll know so much about it by the end of today. Your notebook will be full, but hopefully you've at least got the building blocks of what you can do to help you transition to that as well. As my guest today, Mark, has said, Even having an on-premise system may not be that you have to change, but you just need to make sure that you can actually extract 
the benefit from that as well. And that is having up-to-date financial visibility to allow you to make smarter, more efficient decisions that impact more positively on your business, yourself and your patients at the right time. And that's the most important thing because as we'll talk about, cash flow has the ability to really hold us back mentally, physically and also operationally as well. So that's where you need to be extracting your best benefit. What I've also seen is that a lot of these pharmacies have bookkeepers visiting on premise just a lot of the time just to pick up paperwork, which is a very inefficient amount of time as well. And a lot have storerooms and even external storage facilities of, um, of paper and Ultimately, because of the way that our ATO allows us or requires us to have seven years of tax documents, it's a huge amount of paper. So you might remember back a few episodes ago, we were talking to Simon Foster from Shoebox, and they can help you get a paperless workflow happening in your pharmacy, um, as I've trialled in a number of pharmacies over the last four years. And once you get actually put your stake in the ground and say, I'm going paperless from today, you then have seven years to become paperless fully, which is a tremendous opportunity. But certainly with our premises that are now becoming more valuable per square meter, we just can't afford to be spending space and time managing paper in our business. And there's a great case study that you'll be able to see very shortly in the transformation community as well. So if you haven't already joined that, please do so, go across to transformation.com.au and you'll be able to get hold of that case study which will help you as well. Got a great listener question which is a very appropriate for this episode. I probably couldn't have scripted it any better but it came through on LinkedIn this week from Jared and he wanted to know what the best accounting software is um, in pharmacy and whether that might be zero. And um, and Jared, the important thing is, is I believe the right accounting software for a community pharmacy should allow the pharmacy owner to access and determine their business's true financial position anywhere, anytime. As Mark will talk about today in our interview, you just can't afford to have that disruption in flow of understanding and only finding out your finances annually at the worst case scenario or even quarterly. You need to be getting it more up to date. And with such fluctuation and change going on in our industry, PBS reform and so forth, it's so important we know that. So Zero is one that's got a a very intuitive interface and its mobile apps can, if implemented with the correct workflows, and that's what we talk about a lot today, um, can provide this for pharmacy owners. We will talk to someone in Zero. I'm not going to uh, telegraph and uh, name anyone just yet, but we're going to talk, be talking to someone from Zero in the coming weeks as well as also today. So what a great segue to our interview today. Our interview today is with Mark Lehman. He's the founder and CEO of Sasu, who are known for automating businesses and bringing back the passion to business owners by removing all the financial fear. Mark Lehman, welcome to The Transformation Show. Thanks, Robert. Thanks for having me. Uh, look, great, great, to, great to have you on. And I think, I think our pharmacy owners are going to get a little bit spoiled about where, where things are going in the accounting space. And it's probably an area that they probably don't focus on a lot um, in their day-to-day workings. But also there's some tremendous efficiencies. And particularly following on from our recent discussion with Simon Foster around why you should create a paperless financial workflow, I think, uh, I think you'll have some great insights for our listeners today. Yeah, thanks, Robert. Yeah. 
Uh, cheers. So, um, Mark, I'd love to know, um, why did you decide to build Sasu from the ground up? And, you know, what challenges did you see, particularly in small business? And pharmacy absolutely is a small business. And uh, I guess, how do you, how does Sasu look at solving those? Well, the main reason I got into building Sasu is because I, I saw a lot of business owners um, who, I guess, really struggled under the weight of cash flow problems and financial record keeping because, you know, those two things weren't really why they got into business. They they got into business because they had a passion for a particular industry or product or service and this other stuff like managing your finances and dealing with cash flow wasn't something they were really focused on and quickly becomes the pain point. And it, it sort of was like almost sucking that passion out of their the original dream and, and sort of turning it into this nightmare scenario in some cases. So I, I felt really strongly that there needed to be good operational systems that dealt with accounting and even marketing and marketing automation and other things um, behind a business to try and get them back into doing what they really love, which is like their product or their service that they're involved in. So that was the main reason. And, um, and the idea came about from a guy I worked with at an investment bank I was at who had a big bag of receipts. It was a Grace Brothers um, bag back then. Yeah. Um, and he just hadn't gotten his finances sorted. And um, even though he's managing billions of dollars for his clients, he, he put himself last and just didn't have his finances together. And I thought, oh, it'd be great to, for someone like that to have a system to take care of their finances that's online and something that they could use just through a website. So, yeah, that was, that's how I got into it. Yeah, no, look, I think it's fascinating. And, you know, particularly when, 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 you, when you look at, I guess, how things age gone by and probably even right now where we're, we're still dealing in, in shoe boxes and, uh, and, and big boxes of invoices and things that tend to sit in particularly our storerooms more so at the moment or worse, if, uh, if we've actually um, taken that out of our stores, we've actually got our external storage facilities, but there's probably not a great connection between the information and you know really the knowledge that helps drive our businesses. So look, I'd love to take our listeners on, on, on a little bit of a journey and I guess explain, show them you know, what the benefits really are of, of transitioning to a cloud-based accounting system. And perhaps that might be the, the best opportunity to start with, Mark, is that what, what, how, how does SASU different, difference from you know, a typical uh, accounting package that perhaps we're quite used to having on our desktops and in our accountants' offices? Okay. Um, I think the main, the main differences are that you're online. So you're obviously, you can access your accounting through a web browser and you can really do that from any web browser on any computer. So it's very accessible and that, that allows you to be, you know, signing in from your phone or your home or when you're at your retail outlets or wherever you are, you can access your data. And so that's the primary one. The second one is that you do re- reduce a lot of risk in that you've got companies like us doing lots of different backup processes. Um, there's probably half a, do- half a dozen different things we do to protect data and a lot of that is something that the business owner's got to think and do something about and the business owner normally has to do their own security in a technology sense when they're in software but when you're in a cloud environment that's done by companies like us so it removes that, that burden. Um, thirdly, you've actually got um, as a pharmacy, you've actually already got access to lots of data. You've got data in your bank accounts, financial data in your bank accounts. You've got data coming out of your POS systems, out of merchant facilities. And traditionally, software hasn't done a great job of getting that data and converting it into useful accounting records. 
And so cloud computing and you know doing your accounting online is really taking advantage of all that data and bringing it into your accounting system to create your financial records instead of having to data enter things or do things in like in a traditional way, which is with with software where you have to enter things into a system. So they're, they're the, probably the three big differences. Mm, no, absolutely. And look, I think I think realistically, look, we're probably looking at a larger propensity of, of, of pharmacy owners at the moment that do have a lot of. Um, store-based systems um, and traditionally what is seen in pharmacies you'll have stock arrive in your pharmacy it'll have an invoice either attached to it or we're starting to see suppliers now electronically send those through but it gets entered into a POS system um, and then again entered into an accounting system and that may not be on premises it may be when the bookkeeper or the accountant do come to the premises and take that away Um, and I guess as we're talking with Simon some weeks ago now that obviously being able to get that information scan it um, get it extracted and pull it into an accounting based system uh, how how um, how can you see, how could you see i guess um, pharmacy owners benefiting and particularly more so their accountants um, from getting that information extracted across yeah so the the key thing i think is to look at the um at the different ways you can get the data into um, an accounting system, and using something like um, uh, like the shoebox service, where you're getting your receipt scanned and entered, and then that service is already connected to SASU, as in a good example, um, that data flows straight over into the SASU accounting file, and that data is already in there, and you don't have to do anything; it's done. So that's off yeah. the list straight away. Then you can do things like connect SASU to your um, point of sale system so that the data from sales can transfer across at the end of each day. Some systems even send the micro data across because SASU has an inventory system. Depends how you want to be set up. Yeah. Um, so that's another data source. And then what you can do is connect um, your SASU accounting file to your bank account um, to pull down the bank transactions into um, the system. And those transactions are often things that uh, can be created automatically as transactions inside the SASU file without any data entry. So there's probably multiple streams you can be getting data from and then you're left with the residual and this is almost like accounting by exception. Like there's some things you've got to do manually but that list is so much smaller now in this online connected world that it really reduces down for the um, business owner. So they're probably the key things. Mm. Um, I think that the big advantage there is obviously if you can automate as much as possible, you're just freeing up your time to be working on, you know, managing suppliers and dealing with customers and selling, and that's really what the business owner should be doing. So we have this saying that you are what you haven't automated, and we say that because if you look at yourself in a in a very judgmental way as a business owner, you should think about the things you do each day. Those things you're doing are the things you haven't yet automated with technology. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I think, and I don't think there'd be one patient that would ever walk into a pharmacy hoping that their pharmacy owner's spending a lot of their time, you know, managing the books and, um, you know, doing the bank rec and so forth. And, you know, to be able to, you know, become more operationally efficient by automating those processes so those pharmacists can spend more time with the patients. You know, that's a great goal of ours, uh, particularly on this show and, uh, and what we hope to translate into patient centric pharmacy. 
pharmacies everywhere. And I just wanted to come back on one point there, Mark, in terms of POS system integration. Um, have you got any pharmacies that you are working with at the moment? And how have you gone about um, doing point of sale integration in those environments? Yeah, so we've got um, we've got dozens of pharmacies using SASO already. Um, I'd, I'd say... Um, we have a very good relationship with RSM Bird Cameron, who was previ- who'd previously purchased um, Gill Group, and yep. we worked a lot with uh, a guy called Peter Sarkisen over there, yep. um, who's pretty well known in the industry. And that was our learning as to how to best support um, this sector. Yep. And so that firm's been very helpful with us. And so we have lots of um, pharmacies using Sasu, and they connect Sasu to their. Um, POS systems in some cases, in other cases they aren't that sophisticated and they're run quite independently. So the different pharmacies on SASU are at different levels of, um, you might say, data automation and um, operational efficiency because for some it's just a big step getting their accounting done and getting that online. For others they're really driving to go the full tilt and they really want to get everything as connected up as possible. So. It's, it's a bit of a horses for courses thing. I always say to people, you don't have to do everything straight away. It's mm. better like a lot of people aren't even crawling yet. It's better to crawl and crawling is like having your financials up to date in real time in an online system that's connected to your bank and connected to um, some basic information like you're getting out a shoebox for your cash receipts or your purchase orders and things like that. And then, you know, after that start walking, which is when you start connecting to POS systems and and when you're running, that's when you're connecting to marketing automation systems and you've got a really serious technology business. Mm. And it's a mindset thing. I think many people in small business don't understand that they're actually technology companies now and they happen to do something else, which might be you might be in the business of selling drugs, yeah. but you're actually a technology company first and foremost. And that's a hard mindset for a lot of people to take on. I think I think one of the best examples that we have of that now, and they openly admit that, is uh, Domino's. Uh, Don Don May's always absolutely. talking about how they're a technology company and they do happen to sell pizza. And, yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. And I think some pharmacy groups are really starting to understand that that's what they are. And you can see it in retail in the US even more so. So Walmart was very big on converting its management psychology into understanding it was a technology company first and foremost that happened to be in the retail space. They did that many years ago now, but they're a good leading example of a company thinking that way. And I think you can find examples of it in the industry. I can't speak to particular customers because of privacy, but Absolutely. there are definitely um, groups out there that um, that are thinking like technology companies and they really are about, really are about um, going as far down that curve as they can and that is all about freeing up their time to be patient-centric and looking at marketing automation techniques and you know dealing with supply management and things like that. It's about freeing up all that time from operations, all that time and money into, to put into better use. Absolutely, and I, and I do like your example of how you do need to you know, crawl before you can walk and walk before you can run because everything does from a technology standpoint, frame around best practice processes. And if you haven't got those processes done well, um, only implementing the technology will only amplify the mistakes. And uh, I think we've often seen that at times with point-of-sale systems when we've integrated those into accounting systems. And I have heard of 
quite a number of examples where if the data isn't correct in the point of sale system, just by doing the integration, you're just bringing the data, incorrect data into your accounting system. And then obviously the accountant needs to spend more time fixing that up, um, which is... Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and sometimes, um, you know, you can go too far with technology and I often say to people, you don't need to necessarily have all of your data from your POS terminals coming into an accounting system. That's Sometimes that's a really bad idea because it's just overkill. Yeah. And your POS system should be capable enough to give you the sorts of insights and KPIs that you need to understand your purchasing and managing, you know, make, dealing with the problem of not buying too much inventory because there's always this pressure in the farmer industry of, you know, pressure to, to load up with stock. Yeah. So there, there's that constant fight against that. But the POS system should really be dealing with that side of it to a, to a degree. But then in the accounting system, you have all these other advantages where if you have your sales data coming across in, in online systems like SASE, you can start to look at metrics that are really revealing like, you know, the stock levels you have relative to floor space and sales per employee and sales per square metre of shelf space and there's a lot of KPI data you can start to generate out of a SASU file if you've got enough um, sort of headline data coming across from your POS system yeah. uh, because you've got that transactional and volume type data coming in. Even things like custom accounts, you can be porting that over into your SASU file and working out you know, what sales dollars you're doing per customer and things like that. But you do need good financials in one side in your online accounting system, whatever that is, and you need that the data from your pod system to be able to start to get all those really interesting metrics. Yeah, yeah, no, look, absolutely. And it's also around how you maintain it as well. If you've got good stock management systems and you've got your stock counts up to date, then you're going to get much better information and reporting out of your POS system and let alone your accounting system by doing that. But I guess I guess also, Mark, you know, in terms of being able to, I guess, generate the best insights from all of that data as well, um, what, what are the flow on effects that you can see? Because typically pharmacy owners will only examine their point their profit and loss statements perhaps once or twice a year with the assistance of their accountants. But what what are you saying and perhaps you, you get exposed to a wide number of small businesses, the advantages of being able to see those metrics almost on an everyday basis or an every week basis as opposed to the larger intervals that perhaps we were accustomed to previously? Yeah, look, I think, I think um, real-time financials is um, a big advantage. And so for some people, real time is daily, but for others, it's, um, you know, a month. But I think looking at quarterly or annually is just too spread out. And it's not enough time to make good decisions about buying and stock levels. And just dealing with cash flow um, in the future can be um, tough too if, you, if you're trying to leave it uh, to quarterly or annually. And I just don't see how you can run a business efficiently doing it sort of any less than a month. And um, I think... You know, from our experience, the big the big elephant in the room for most um, business owners, regardless of whether they're making money or not, is cash flow mm. and knowing what that looks like in the future. And that's the one that really kills off the passion for the business owner because if they're struggling to make money, cash flow is a real problem, like managing buying stock and getting the sales to cover that. Or if they are making money, they're never really sure how much they can draw out of their business. Yeah. And they're not, they can't do that with any confidence. And then they find themselves getting caught with tax bills and they've been drawing down too quickly on their business. So I think you've got to have great cash flow. And so having real-time financials and great cash flow forecasting is the way to sort of deal with the problem of um, you know that passion being sucked out of the business and 
remove some of that fear and anxiety that it creates. Absolutely. And it just gives that great confidence that you are running a sustainable business and that, uh, you know, you're not only here for today and tomorrow, but well into the uh, future. And I guess the other, and it probably takes away one of the other big things that keep people up at night as well. But I guess one of the biggest elements that I I get asked a lot about is that when you do transition to this type of environment and getting real time financials, there has been some pushback from the accountants or the bookkeepers from really embracing that. But I guess just to give our listeners a bit of an insight there, Mark, you know, what are the major benefits that not only the business, but also the bookkeeper or the accountant can look to receive by getting into this kind of workflow? Probably the main one is that um, for, for the uh, bookkeepers and accountants, it can be a bit tough because when you start automating data coming into systems, um, it does obviously reduce down the amount of data entry work. And so, you know, it's harder to make money out of doing data entry as a bookkeeper or an accountant because um, some of firms do that obviously yeah. but what tends to happen is that the I think the good accounting firm this is why we're picky with who we partner with the good accounting firms out there that are dealing in this space we find that you know they're spending more time on the advisory side and they're using this real timeness of, of data and records being up to date to give better advice and look at the sort of the metrics and KPIs in the business and even the bookkeepers are spending more time just doing the compliance work, like doing the basses and things like that. So they're not really losing. They just probably have more clients that they do less work with at a higher rate of pay. Uh, but from the pharmacy's perspective, they're really getting a good um, up-to-date set of financials, which gives them some confidence about what they can afford to buy in terms of stock levels or what they can afford to draw down out of their business. and. I've lost count of the amount of times I've spoken to business owners that say, well, I'm really not that confident on what, I've, what I can do with my business in terms of having it pay me because my, mm. my data's not up to date enough. Um, so I think it's just good you know, financial habits to have regular updates, which means um, being more frequent with keeping data up to date in, in your financial system, in your accounting system. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And we spoke a few weeks ago on, on our show about, you know, being able to actually form a proper team uh, with your financial advisors. And that's usually made up of your accountant and or bookkeeper as well. And being able to look at all of the same information and, and probably really get a better insight and a more, I guess, a more active position in managing your financials than that passive one, which is where as seen pharmacy owners and probably small business owners as well being almost beholden to the accountant to really tell them what to do and being able to really understand the metrics so that every day when you do log in and you do have a look you really understand what that means and what you know what impact it's having on your business I guess both from a effect point of view but also an opportunity one absolutely and I think I think what happens is you get a change in the type of conversation so if you're behind in your financials and you're not keeping up to date regularly the conversation with your bookkeeper and accountant becomes one of Okay, we need to get this up to date. We need to we need this information, and we need to do this this BAS return, and we need to. It becomes a compliance and update conversation. But when that's not there, the conversation changes. So if you're keeping things up to date in real time by pulling your data in automatically, <laughs> the conversation changes to ones like, okay, let's have a look at some of the margin on these products you're selling. What's the impact of um, the change to the PBS? You know, the margin on some of these products is dropping dramatically because of X, Y, and Z and what the government's doing. So you can start to look at the nitty-gritty of what's happening in the business instead of dealing with the the alternate conversation, which is just about getting up to date, yeah. which is not really good use of um, accounting dollars 
um, from the business owner's perspective. Absolutely, and it's just really focused on getting processes right, and I think there's only so many times you can really have that conversation. And I guess, Mark, for for our listeners who are listening today and thinking, look, that's fantastic, there's some great benefits there, you know, that's something that we should be doing, and they are at the moment dealing with an on-premise accounting-based system. What's the best place to start, and I guess what process do you and SASU follow in assessing the readiness to transition to this kind of cloud-based workflow? Okay, so step one is to work out if you actually do need to change the system. You may not need to. The system they're using already may be working really well for them. So you've got kind of, you know, I'm talking against my own interest here, but um, as a business owner, first and foremost, I'd say don't change it if it's really working for you. Look at what you might be missing. Maybe look at have I got enough good KPI and metric data to understand how my business is going, what products I should should be stocking and not stocking, what suppliers should I be dealing with. If you're getting those answers from the system you need, you may not need to change it. If you work out, okay, this is costing me a lot of time to do my bookkeeping, it's, I don't understand what products are doing what, I don't understand what, what staff, how staff are going, you've got a lot of uncertainty, that's when you need to look at changing the system. And step one then is to start reviewing the online accounting systems and compare us to other um, competitors in the market. I wouldn't just go and jump on any of the first systems out there. And the smart thing to do is they all pretty much have free trials and just to sign up for them and maybe put through a bit of sample workflow into each one to get a feeling for how easy they are to use. And that's that practical experience of putting in a purchase order and maybe um, you know, running a BAS report to see what it looks like and doing some basic things to understand the system from a practical perspective is, would be my second step. Then the third one is just engage um, an advisor to help you move across if you're not comfortable doing it yourself. A lot of people can do it themselves. More than half the people that come on our product do it themselves. So probably another 20 to 30% use a bookkeeper and the rest might have their accountant help them do it. Yeah. So it's quite doable. Um, it's not complicated. It's easy to change at a financial quarter or financial year end. Um, that's probably a better time to do it because you're not having to move too much data across. It's just really setting up a chart of accounts and um, doing some basic things. So yeah, that's what I'd suggest. Mm. No, look, absolutely. And look, I guess it's it, as it is when pharmacy owners are considering their place with point of sale systems as well, it can often be one of the biggest biggest headaches and the biggest changes in their business if they're looking to do that as well. So it shouldn't be done ever lightly. And, and I guess as, we, as we've been talking about, if their processes are incorrect at the beginning, uh, it's probably important to get those right as well before you, before you start even looking to change anything. Um, yeah. But I, I guess also because I know that a lot of your work is done with other small businesses outside of pharmacy, but I guess just to give our listeners a little insight, what, what is the biggest change that you've seen in those businesses when they've, when they've made the step and made a successful transition to the workflow? Um, probably the biggest is just this access to data in a more real-time way. And so you have this um, problem in the old software world of accounting where uh, you know your data's on a computer somewhere and if you're not in the office at that computer, you can't really access it. Um, but it's quite different when you, you know, you're a business owner and you want to take a holiday and you're off to Fiji for a week and you've still got to approve a payroll and you've got to check some financials. You can just sign in online and, and check that and deal with it and, and move on. You don't have that fear of not being able to access your data. Yeah. 
Um, that's the, definitely the single biggest change. So it's just this ability to always be able to access your data if you need to um, more than any other. And I think the, the other one is around um, security. In the old world, we had um, you know client data often stored on computers in the, the back of a you know the back office of a retail shop yeah. and if that machine ever got stolen you've got all this private healthcare data out and who knows who's got that and what they're going to do with it um, but in a, in a cloud environment we host our data in Australia for um, because we like like to know that our customers are comfortable having their data in Australia we like to have it here um, it's quite different you've got you know a data center with there's guys with guns and there's you know, no keyboards to access these machines. It's quite a different security environment and it's hard to compete with. Yeah. And um, so we just think that that peace of mind also around that problem is um, starts to evaporate. And we notice that when we have systemic events, like when we had the floods in Queensland, there was a lot of accounting practices and business owners lost their records during that period. But the ones on cloud computing and our customers on Sasu, for example, aren't affected by it. They just had to get a new computer if that was all that was damaged and they were yeah. back up and running. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And I think it, with the analogy we've probably mentioned around cloud a number of times is that, you know, f- as, as pharmacy owners and as business owners, we, we just don't have the capabilities and the tech the expertise of maintaining this uh, sophisticated infrastructure in the back end. And we've often likened it to, you know, whether you would actually ever go and buy a private plane to fly yourself around the country or whether you yeah. just buy a seat in an, in an A380 to get from Melbourne to London and you just literally sit down and let the aircraft do the work as opposed to having to look at all the different maintenance that you'd have to do to maintain an aircraft where you've really got no idea. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, and you, you also end up um, outsourcing a lot of the um, technology improvement hassles to um, companies like us because if, for example, let's just pretend you're using Retail Express in your pharmacy and you've got that connected to SASU, those two businesses are keeping their products up to date um, all the time and making sure they talk to each other and you're not having to deal with that because the updates just happen behind the scenes. Yeah. You don't have to go and install, you know, load up any disks and install new versions and things like that. It all in the cloud world it just happens on automatically. You come in the next morning and the updates are done. Well that that is a massive change because traditionally we've always been sent out updates either annually, biannually, and then you've got to shut the system down, load the update up, you're offline for a period of time and if the update didn't work then you know all of a sudden the owner's got to be on the on the phone with the technician and doing things that they don't want to be doing and taking them away from their patients. And I think the yeah. greatest thing that we've seen in cloud, and that could be anything, email, um, even the way, way we access our financial information as we're talking about, it just happens um, without you having to think too much about it. And I guess all that testing is being done at your end. Yeah, that's right. Absolutely. Yeah, now fantastic, Mark. And I guess in terms of you know the biggest challenges that we often see is that you know obviously pharmacy owners are having less time at the moment because we're being squeezed operationally. We've never had as big a changes in PBS reform, so we're always looking at ways to obviously do more with less time. And and I and and from what I'm hearing, and you know you've backed that up well today in terms of how how they can do that by embracing something like SASU to get their real time information, but I guess when they're looking at implementing things like SASU as opposed to the traditional means, um, 
are, are there any initial or ongoing costs that they're looking at? Is it is it a once-off investment that they may have been accustomed to with your older styles like your QuickBooks and your Myob, or is it something that you know is a, a subscription? Yeah, it's just a subscription service. We don't have an upfront fee. Um, so you just, you know, most most pharmacies on our product would pay thirty-five to seventy dollars a month, roughly. So it's not an expensive product, and that's um, you just pay once for the business, and it doesn't matter how many people are using the product inside that business. We don't charge for each person's computer, so it's different to the old software licensing world. You just pay once a month for that um, business. So it's quite simple in that respect. So the fees that might be at the start, though, are if if you instead of if you don't want to um, set it up yourself and follow our guides online and our videos to do that yourself, and you want to get a bookkeeper to do that or an accounting firm, they might charge you a setup fee as well. So if that's generally not expensive if you're doing it at the quarter end or financial year end, because there's not um, you're not having to move a whole lot of data, so it becomes quite an easy job for them. But um, it's a bit different if you're wanting to bring all your old data over from your old accounting system. It becomes quite a large task then, and and we sort of recommend people don't do that if they're on software because they've still got their software disks. They can still keep using the software if they want to go back and look at something in the past. Yeah. Um, and it just it just makes it a bit simpler because change is really hard. And yeah. as soon as you try and do too much technology change, you can get unstuck. So we say, you know do the simple easy steps don't try and do it the hard way and just maybe do one thing at a time so you might move your accounting system over but you wouldn't do that at the same time that you move your POS system because it's too traumatic yeah so you better just to do one bit at a time and if you're not comfortable with using accounting systems like if you don't have a background in using MYB for example and you've never done bookkeeping before it's going to be harder to try and do this yourself um, than um, it would be if you had used MYB because accounting systems are still fairly familiar across different versions. So SASU will be a bit familiar to someone who used MYB, but if you don't have that background, it's better to get a bookkeeper or an accountant involved in changing over. Yeah, no, absolutely, Mark. And uh, that was going to bring me to my next question is, I guess, how, how have you approached um, the process to ensure that obviously the uh, pharmacy owners or business owners do get maximum benefits and what is the best setup? Um, do you see it working very well where the pharmacy owner is just accessing the real-time financials, getting um, appreciation of what the metrics are and how they can affect their business or does it work quite well when they've got more of an active involvement initially to really understand the data entry flow and that that perhaps is done at store level by a internal person or does it seem to work best when you've got external external bookkeepers and accountants managing that data as well? I find it's best when um, it generally when the business owner really understands the systems they're using, that is obviously the best scenario, but not everyone's, it's not possible for business owners always to do that because of the value of their time. But when that happens, it's, it's really clear what's going on and you don't have accidents in the sense of um, a bookkeeper or uh, someone who's not doing the right job with the financials um, and you're not understanding that because you don't know enough about the system yourself. So I'm a big believer in that business owners should know how the system works and then have other people run the system. That's my personal philosophy. Um, but it's even that's not possible for some people because they're just too busy and they need to just engage professionals to do that. And then you just need to be really picky about who it is that you get that. They need to be a certified 
um, person on that product. So whether it's SASU or another product doesn't really matter. You just got to make sure that person is a certified person and understands that product really well, and get them involved in it. But we found that the the best the best way this works is where um, the, the client uh, the pharmacy would keep it simple. So they would probably not be moving stock over into their accounting system from their POS system. They'd probably just be moving daily um, sales data and that might come across automatically. Yeah. And uh, they'd be using that sales data and metrics that they've got inside SASU, like the number of employees they've got and the, the square meter rate they have for their floor space or other variables they want to track in SASU and then just looking at their performance data from within SASU in that area. And they they'll also have performance data inside their pod system they can look at, and that seems to be the simplest setup. Um, and I've seen. And I imagine what you what you're saying there as well is there's probably dashboards and things that you could set up inside SASU. Yeah, there is. So inside SASU, you've got all these dashboards that show you all the um, things like the amount of payables you have for um, to your suppliers and uh, things like cash flow um, charts to show your cash position, um, and that's at sort of bank account level or credit card level. And then there's all this data around, uh, all these reports around sales performance by product and by, um, you know, category, depending on what sort of data you've got available. So it depends how much data you push across as to how far you can go with reporting. Yeah. Um, so if you're not pushing all your inventory data across, then you're really relying on the POS system to do the sales um, reporting side of things. But if you're pushing all your inventory data into the SASU file, then you can start getting really technical from a um, product perspective. Yeah, no, look, absolutely. And look, I think it, I think it gives a really broad broad understanding as to, I guess, the best metrics for each business when you can display it in that environment as well. And so, Mark, I think we've taken our listeners on quite a quite a varied journey here because we will have people at different levels. Some may already be in the cloud accounting space and just may not have been aware of the fact that you can track good metrics and really get a good team environment around. But um, is there any case um, cases, and I guess obviously for privacy reasons, if you can't mention, don't, um, but any great examples where you've seen a great team come together where you've had either great accounting and business owner come together and they've seen great transitions in that business happen yeah. um, because of this change in their workflow yeah well, I, I can't mention the client but the um, we have seen that happen with a, a um, pharmacy group through RSM Bird Cameron um, it was excellent actually it was a big change for them moving from an older style software package getting online and just really having good access to good metrics um, and they did a they obviously know this industry really well as an accounting firm um, being one of their specialties uh, but it was just really nice to see that and experience it and uh, it's you know it's you've got to be very picky as a um, someone in, in the pharmacy industry has to be very picky about the type of accounting firm they partner with in this area because it's pretty technical on the technology side as well as the obviously in the tax and accounting side and just understanding PBS and all the stuff that comes up there and what that means for technologies is difficult. So, yeah, that's probably a good uh, good example. And um, I should really um, see if they can let me share who these clients are because some of them are pretty well known. But, yeah. Um, it'd be nice to be able to um, 
disclose that fully. Yeah, no, I'll so, c- certainly yeah. love to hear it. Obviously, uh, some, perhaps sometime down the track. And, and, and also, Mark, just on that topic, is there a lot of customization that you've seen, I guess, with the work with pharmacies that you've seen? Because, again, a lot of a lot of pharmacy owners have got in touch and said, oh, look, I've seen this product advertised in accounting. Could I just put that into my pharmacy? Has there been a lot of customization that you've had to see and do with SASU to make it work for pharmacies? Yeah, there is. So the, the KPI part of our application is um, you do custom build that. So um, each accounting practice has to really think up how they want to address this um, segment of the market and design what sort of KPIs they need for their clients and how they want to calculate those. So um, when I worked with um, Peter Sackerson on this, we built a system to let them do that. So that's their intellectual property that we can't disclose. Absolutely. The way their KPIs is, and the way they track things is very particular and um, they're very good at that stuff and that's that's something they own and is a value proposition then for their clients. So when firms use SASU, they've got to really come up with this for themselves. There's, there's obviously KPIs which are really well known and general out in the market and that's obviously not IP but... yeah. There's stuff that they do that's quite proprietary, and um, they're a professional firm and have worked out how that how to address that segment successfully. So I think that's a big benefit of our product is that we do do that. And you know, other other products out there will um, have different degrees of how they support KPI calculation and things like that. So when the when a pharmacy owner is looking around at products, just I think it's good to go hunting for that type of data because. You can't really make good decisions without data and if you're in a technology business um, and you happen to be selling drugs as mm. well, um, you need to have the data to make um, decisions because, I, you know, as we know, you can absolutely guarantee the big groups are doing it and looking at data in fine detail on what sells, what doesn't, you know, stock turn rates, everything that relates to um, financials and stock Absolutely, and I don't think we've ever been in an age where we've been so data rich but knowledge poor. And uh, I think that's a really good point um, to, to to leave people with. In that, real realistically, if you can have all the data in the world, but if you can't translate it into a smarter, smarter, more successful decisions in your business um, and actually take your business forward by utilising that, it doesn't really pay too much to invest in that. And I, I think that's quite a good point to be making when you're selecting a system, and that it may work in all sorts of other businesses but if all of it's really doing is capturing data and allowing you to do your tax compliance and so forth um, it needs to give you those building blocks to continue to build the business and Mark, I, I wanted to le- leave you with I guess one of my favorite questions um, which is uh, you know what, what would you say being uh, I guess in the technology space and you know seeing so much automation but what would be the biggest game-changing technology that uh, if time and resources were no barrier would you love to implement in businesses and pharmacies today and it doesn't have to be accounting related um, but you know I'd love to know what your, th- what your thoughts are yeah sure I think um for me, it absolutely would have to be uh, marketing automation. I'd like to say online accounting, but I think that's almost like a given. But I think marketing automation is so critical. And, and so what marketing automation is, it's really the ability to look at your pharmacy as being an online business probably as well as a retail physical bricks and mortar style business. Um, but if you're going to be addressing a, um, a list of customers or a market, you really have to have really solid... Um, trigger-based emails or letters or things or brochures that are getting to your customers that you to promote the business. 
And so marketing automation systems really are designed to trigger off those events based on behavior of the customer. So if you've got a customer visiting your pharmacy website, it's quite possible to trigger off an email to go to that customer giving them a, a, a discount or an offer or some, some special deal or a letter even through a print house um, with a brochure because you know that that customer is applying some of their attention to your business. And so it's really about understanding that we're now in what's called an attention economy and this is about there's so many products and information out there that the consumer has got such limited time and attention that they hand that out very scarcely and you really got to be careful how you use their attention. So if you spam them with lots of emails, you won't get their attention anymore. They'll stop watching you. Yeah. So marketing automation makes sure you're just sending them um, offers via email or brochures or letters or different techniques only when they're really interested in buying that product so that you're not using up all their attention. Yeah, no, absolutely. And as we as we spoke about with uh, Tim Reid last week in our episode, it's really just about delivering helpful content as well, and absolutely. really really understanding those problems um, and being providing information, and you know potentially in that case a more holistic solution package to help them solve that problem and doing it at the right time. And I think even a few episodes back, we were talking about loyalty programs and how that allows us to obviously track purchasing behaviors but also utilizing that information and really understanding why we want to capture it in the first place so that we can i guess provide that value add and more personalized offers to to patients as opposed to just you know having that scattergun approach that we have done for so long so absolutely that's the that's the difference between what we call um, a sort of a gravity sales approach versus um, the traditional direct marketing approach so the gravity sales approach is all about attracting customers to you because you give them great educational content and information and you might give them great deals on products so they're attracted to you and they want to read your what you've got to say and they want to read your emails and they want to read your brochures because you're giving them really good information and and good deals whereas the old approach was sort of um, you know the shotgun lots of content but not not as uh, friendly more salesy content and so if you've got great content and you're careful how you give that to customers such that you don't burn all their attention up. Um, you'll just attract sales um, like gravity. Absolutely. No, fantastic. Look, Mark, it's been great to have you, have you on today. And, and look, it's, Thanks, it's, 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 so, it's so clear there that obviously there is so, so many benefits of going down this pathway. And, uh, you know, I can honestly say that I think you preach exactly what you say in that you are transforming the way business owners interact with financial data. And uh, I look forward to following Sasu's journey and uh, having you back in the not too distant future. Thanks, Robert. Thanks for having me. Great. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. Well, we get the feeling that we're just scratching the surface when it comes to building operational efficiency by improving financial visibility into our businesses and really understanding what metrics make our business tick on more frequent basis than simply biannually or worse, annually, and really getting into partnership and teamwork with our financial advisors and really having those high-level discussions more so than process-based discussions around getting all of the information up to date. Three key learnings, well, again, it was content rich and there was so much to learn from it, but my three key learnings were the first one is obviously cash flow is king. And cash flow planning really is what really drives us nuts as business owners and obviously pharmacy owners. It's important that we know whether we've got enough, obviously, to pay ourselves if we're doing well, 
but also whether we've got enough to cover our suppliers, our payroll, and all of those uncertainties that keep us up at night as well. And having really good financial data up to date and having systems that automate that for you give you so much more confidence and I believe will give you much better existence as a business owner because you're just so confident about knowing that these things are looked after and that your plans will have a good chance of coming to fruition. The second is really focusing on how you're going to make that transition. If you are at the current state, got an on-premise system in place, you may not have to change it, as Mark was saying, and obviously that's a great novel approach from someone who is selling an alternative product to your current situation, but you really need to think about how that is working in your business. If you're getting the good financial data, you're getting great key performance indicators that are helping you to manipulate what's going on in your business every week and that's working really well for you, then there's probably no need to change. But if it's taking up a lot of time, it's costing you a lot of money and you really just don't have that level of certainty around how your business is tracking financially and whether you do understand the cash flow implications of PBS reform and what's going on, then it's a good idea to make the change. And I think Mark gave us a great framework for that. And that's obviously being the first step in here. But then the next step is around reviewing those online um, systems as well, taking up some free trials, putting in some sample data, looking at the workflow, looking at how it works, how it translates, even the mobility aspects as well. A lot of pharmacy owners are talking to me about how we can find out more about our businesses from the palm of our hand anywhere, anytime. And this is one very, very key metric in your business around your financial information. And as Mark was saying, if you do happen to take a holiday, but you need to approve payroll or some purchase orders and so forth, you do have that capability of being able to log in anywhere, anytime. But also reviewing perhaps also your security and your backup systems as well, how that's working for you at the moment. Do you need to literally be driving a USB drive across town to your accountant once a quarter? Or is your bookkeeper having to physically drive into the pharmacy to actually get that information? And whether or not an online accounting based system could actually solve that problem for you. And the third one is when you're ready to make the change, look at engaging an advisor who can help get you across and pick the right time so that minimizes disruption in your business. Technology doesn't need to be implemented for technology's case. It needs to come into your business one, when you've got your processes working very, very well, and it really helps to amplify that efficiency by bringing the technology in, but also that they're able to get you started at an appropriate time, it doesn't disrupt your business, but also that from day one, they're having those strategic conversations with you about how you can improve your business. It might be metrics like your sales per square meter, your basket size, it could be your debtor days as well with your accounts receivable, with your customer accounts, a whole range of information that can really influence your everyday processes. And the third one, well, we may have already covered it, is just access to real-time data. So yes, through the agency of engaging with your accountant as a team, 
not just once a year, but as a team proactively attacking your business and really motivating you around your key performance indicators. And they can really help to set that up for you. But also make sure that the advice that they're giving you is very relevant to the pharmacy industry, but also to your business as well. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of Transformation. Don't forget, we've got some great interviews coming up. I'll continue to introduce to you some of the best options in the cloud accounting software space that enable you to know your exact financial position anywhere, anytime. And we'll discuss also how your pharmacy can get the maximum benefit from sending SMS prescription reminders and leveraging mobile applications as well. Please, if you have any learnings, I'd love to know. I've shared with you my three key learnings. I'd love to know what you took out of today's show or any comments that you might have or even a question for Mark as well. Please leave a comment in the show notes. If you scroll to the bottom of the show notes, you'll see that there's a discussion box there as well. You can put that in anonymously. You don't even have to tell me your name. I'd love to know them and I'd read and respond to every single one of them. And certainly I'll make sure if you have any questions for Mark that I can pass that across and they get answered in the show notes as well. Have a great week, everyone, and I look forward to speaking to you again next week. Bye for now.